Take your Bibles this morning and please turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. As elect exiles, we are on a journey. A journey that challenges us every day. And a journey that is designed to help us grow. Grow in grace, according to 2 Peter chapter 3. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this growth process is part of God's will for our lives. And we are working on a verse of Scripture found in 1 Peter chapter 2 that tells us a little bit about God's will. How are you doing on memorizing this passage of Scripture? Well, let's read it together this morning. Some of you have it memorized already. We'll start with the reference. We'll do the verse, and then we will finish with the reference. You ready? Here we go. 1 Peter 2.15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. 1 Peter 2.15. Now, as we have looked at this, we have discovered a few truths. Truth number one is life's not fair. But we are to do good and put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. We also need to recognize that we are living in a family. And Peter gave us some instructions of husbands and wives. And how the wives are to encourage and minister and respect their husbands. And husbands, you're to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife as a a weaker vessel, a fragile vase. A person of value. Why? We do that so our prayers aren't hindered. The husband-wife relationship is an illustration of Christ and the church. And we are to live that out as elect exiles on this journey. We also are learning that we are to grow up in him. We are to grow up in him because he is the head and because growth is a process, a process of what we would call progressive sanctification, challenge, change, conform to the character of Christ. We use that phrase often. But this growth is development and maturity, becoming less like ourselves and more like the Son of God. And you and I are part of a loving, caring, forgiving, growing community of believers. Did you catch that? Loving, caring, forgiving, growing community of believers. Now, Peter has outlined six steps for us. Steps of spiritual growth. And I have outlined this passage this way. Let me read the passage for you this morning. We're going to begin with verse 8, and we're going to go down through verse 12. So follow along in your copy of the Scriptures. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, or reveling for reveling, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. 
Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And the ears of the Lord, his ears, are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And so Peter has outlined for us how we are to grow up in him. And in our lives, these qualities need to be evidenced. Last week, we talked a little bit about getting along in Christ. And the world wonders why we as believers can't just get along. May I share with you that truth trumps love? And you and I are to live out truth in our lives. But we have the same truth. We have the same direction and we have the same Holy Spirit who guides and directs us into that truth. And so we ought to be able to get along. Now how do we do that? Well, Peter listed for us five ways. Very quickly, we are to have a unity of mind. We are to live hand in hand with each other. We are to have sympathy, compassion, one for the other. We are to have brotherly love, phileo, recognizing that we're part of the family and as we share in each other's lives, we need to share self-sacrificing. That's agape, but that agape is carried out into phileo in our relationship. We are to have a tender heart, compassion, and we are to have a humble mind. But not only are we to get along with each other, we are reminded that we need to refrain from repaying evil to evil. Now, several weeks ago, we, we talked about how many times we respond when people upset us. Sometimes we blow up. That ever happened to you? Sometimes we clam up. Sometimes we just dig a hole and dry up. But one of the responses that we have in our lives is that we try to get even. And we ante up because I'm going to teach you I don't get mad. I just get even. Someone once told me that no good deed will go unpunished. You ever feel that way in your life? The harder you try, the worse it gets. The more you invest, the less dividend the more you care and share, the more hurt you receive. But the reality is that Peter is saying we have to reject repaying evil for evil. And in our lives, you and I have a different focus. We're not going to go to Romans chapter 12 this morning. But in Romans chapter 12, the writer says this. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's God's business. And you and I need to understand that. It is true that we live in evil times. 
In fact, Paul writes to the believers at Ephesus that we are to be redeeming the time because the days are evil. And as elect exiles on this journey, we should not be surprised. Jesus said, in the world you're going to have tribulation. The world is overcome with the evil one, we are told. But Peter here says, do not, verse 9, repay evil for evil. And that is so important in our lives. If you want to know how to live, read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preached this sermon. And at the end, chapter 7, those who heard it were amazed at his authority. And so, keep your finger here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and turn back to Matthew's gospel, will you please? Matthew chapter 5. And let me just quickly walk you through some truths that we find in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. Because one of the most difficult things we do in our lives is not repaying evil for evil. Are you in chapter 5? Look with me beginning with verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad For your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, the reality is, blessed are the peacemakers. Reject repaying evil for evil. Jump over to verse 38 of the same chapter, will you please? Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You've heard that it was said, Jesus said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I get even. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and send rain on the just and the unjust, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, mature, as your heavenly Father is. You see, we need to be really ready to go the extra mile. Refrain. Reject. 
remove repaying evil for evil. Jump over, please, to chapter 6. Here we have giving to the needy, and we have the disciples' prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Can we repeat that this morning together? Now, it's found not only here in Matthew chapter 6, but it's also found in Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, it adds, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, and we will add that this morning. Okay? You you ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive those trespass against us, <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here we go. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Did you catch that phrase? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the glory. Forever, and all God's people said. Practical living. Reject repaying evil for evil. Jump over to chapter 7, will you please? Verse 12. The golden rule as we would know it. Right? Verse 12 says... So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's right. Refrain. Refrain from repaying evil for evil. Why? Because we want to treat others just the way we want to be treated, and we will get to that in the next phrase in First Peter chapter 3. Bless those. So, how we doing? The practical outworking of God's truth in our lives as seen in the greatest sermon that was ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. As we think about Rejecting, repaying evil for evil. We think about Christ, don't we? Do you remember his words on the cross? He was there because of the will of the Father. He had prayed in the garden, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He was there because of an unjust trial. He was there because a friend betrayed him, he was there because it was the Father's will, not because of anything he had done. And do you remember his words? There were seven of them. The first one was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He then spoke to the thief crucified between two thieves. And he said to the thief, today 
Today, you will be with me in paradise. He looked at the bottom of his cross. And there was his mother, and he said, Woman, behold your son. And then he looked up and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he looked within and said, I thirst. And then it was finished. And he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. There is nothing on the cross where Jesus Christ is justifying himself, but recognizing that it is the Father's Do not repay evil for evil. So how are we supposed to work this out in our lives? I belong to a service organization called the Rotary Club. Rotary Club has been in existence since 1907, a fact that none of you care about. It is the largest philanthropic club in the world, right now partnering with Bill Gates to eradicate polio. And it's this close. There have only been seven known cases of polio in 2017 around the world. One of the things that the Rotary Club does is it has what they call the four-way test. At the end of every meeting that I attend, we repeat the four-way test. May I give it to you this morning? Is it fair? Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? That's a pretty good test for our lives, is it not? This little card is underneath my desk glass and reminds me of that four-way test. You see, you and I need to reject repaying evil for evil. But the most important reason that we need to reject this is discovered in the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to 1 Peter, please. And jump back up to chapter 2, will you? Verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return, but when he suffered, he did not threaten. He continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, 
that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd, the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So how do we grow up in him? We get along together. And we reject repaying evil for evil. It's not part of our Christian DNA in the new nature. So we grow up in him. And we celebrate it, do we not? Because of the given body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was reviled, he didn't revile. When he was mocked, he didn't mock. The Lord Jesus Christ gives us this example that we should grow up in him, follow in his steps. And so today as we commemorate what he has done for us, let us commemorate it, understanding our responsibility to grow up in Him in all things.